Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Glasses Guy Hates Another Thing. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, Bald Guy approves of that cold open. Gerald is here with you on another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast, and over on the other side is, as stated before, Glasses Guy being held over for the winter. What's up, man? How are you? Man, I can't, I can't, it's like, I can't see anything at all. It's like I haven't done this ever before, you know, uh, ever I, without the glasses. Now with the glasses, like, I'm in, I'm good, I'm got I it. I know, yeah, your, your reputation precedes you now. You know, it's so funny, I do all the YouTube videos I've been doing for the last few years, and I'm always getting the, the vitriol thrown at me. I was so excited when they came after you last week. Mm. <laughs> so finally, glasses guy is here. Like finally, finally again. <laughs> You know, the first time I ever felt oh. like I made it when I was doing movie <laughs> stuff, Gerald, way back in the eons ago in the in the YouTube days of Epic Film Guys when Justin still mm-hmm. lived near me and we did video stuff. Yeah, uh, we got death threats on our Transformers, whichever Transformers movie came out in like 2014 uh, review. Oh, Can't even remember man. which one it was. It was the one with the dinosaur ones in it, whichever one that is. And so uh, good. we got death threats on that one. And man, it really felt like we had made it. Like we we're just getting bombarded with death threats in there. And now once again, yeah, because I'm insufferable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, well, hey. it's, 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 it's wonderful. I'm, I've arrived ladies and gentlemen, I'm here. It's, it's good to be here. Now I gotta, I, now I can never take the glasses off though for a review. Like now it's gotta be no, part I, of the brand. Glasses stay. Glasses and I guys can't here. grow hair. I can't grow hair. You can't take the glasses off. This is the whole thing now we have going here. It's true. On two piece. It's true. But, uh, you know, movies are subjective. Film criticism apparently is not. So, I, you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> With that being said, we're talking about a new release that, I don't know, man. I kind of want to talk a little bit about this when we get into the discussion of the film. Because it had a theatrical release in like the second week of... November, I believe, and then it played in the theaters for a few weeks, and then it dropped on demand, like literally out of nowhere. They were like, "We're going to put it on demand next week," yeah. and I don't know why studios do some of the things they do. So we'll talk a little bit about that too. But we're talking about Alexander Payne's "The Holdovers" tonight for the main review, and starring Mr. Paul Giamatti in a role that he's getting a lot of praise for, as is the film leading into award season. So we'll be talking about that one tonight. But before we get there, Nick. Let's do it, man. One big question. You could ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? Clint, you had your time in the sun, all right? That was last week. Get out. <laughs> Clint's here every week. Every week. As is Kelly Kapoor. Can't get rid of him. He's, like, he's basically moving in. What a duo. Kelly Kapoor and what's Harry? That's Dirty, Dirty Harry, Harry, yeah. One, yeah, what a, what a, what a duo. <laughs> Um, I got one for you, man. Let me throw this at you, okay? Because I just thought of it. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Put a, put a little twist on it, because I feel like if not, it would have been kind of an easier answer. So I'm going to make it a little bit more difficult. Okay. But So this is not a necessarily a spoiler for the holdovers, but the premise of the movie is Paul Giamatti's character it gets held over on campus in the winter, kind of snowed in with ultimately what ends up being two people, right? Divine Joy Randolph and Dominic Sessa's character. Okay. So it's the three of them kind of secluded on this college campus. So Nick, 
if you had to spend two weeks kind of snowed in with just two people, all right? Now, it cannot be people that you know, all right? So two, like, oh, Gerald's off the list then. Woo! Woo! Yeah. I knew you were going to pick two of me, so I wanted to take Man. that off right away. All right. So two celebrities or, you know, people that you've admired from afar or whatever. I, I don't know. But not anybody that you, you know, hang out with on a regular basis. No family or anything like that. So who would you want to spend those two weeks with kind of held Man up lives. I, that's probably a, that's probably like a, a, a rough list of, of people to pick from. Cause so I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity person. Like I don't really mm. care about ever meeting celebrities or not. Mostly because I'm like in my forties and I never have mm. like, but I, it's not something that like really uh, attracts me. Like people will go to conventions and stuff. Justin does this all the time. And I always used sure. to, I always used to like razz him for it. Cause I, I just don't get it. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, I, I, so I, it, it's hard for me. Cause like, I can't pick a celebrity either. Cause it's like, what celebrity would I even care to like? And, and this isn't just, you meet them and you're randomly there with them. You're stuck there with them for like weeks. Yeah. Like while you're, 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 you're snowed in for the holiday or you're, you know, you're, you're, you're left just staying there with them or, or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm forcing like, your hand though. You got to come God, up with who something. Who would I even like, who would I even care to, to. <sighs> you wanted to pick me and Dan so bad, didn't you? You wanted to do live. Was, the cure see, over was, winter I was going to say, I was going to say you and Dan too. <laughs> yeah. That was going to be a hundred percent it. Cause then me and Dan would kill you day one. Ah. And ah, then okay. be free of you the rest of the time. I mean, eat, me and Dan would just play eat video my games corpse. the rest of the time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Your corpse. Yeah, we don't have any other food. <laughs> sure. Oh man. Uh let me I wanna I wanna hear your answer. Let me let me think right, on it while, while you while, while you come back to you, because I want to hear your choices here. I'll give you mine, but there is a asterisk on my answer. So the reason I'm picking these two individuals is because you're gonna, you're gonna I, say Tay Tay, aren't you? Now, I thought about that, but here, but let me explain why I'm not, I'm not picking Tay Tay. I'm picking two individuals. So what I, the reason I picked these two in my head is because we would have unlimited access to films. We'd be able to watch movies, two, three, four movies a day, whatever. So it would be almost like a camp for like movie lovers, but I would want Quentin Tarantino there to show me some of his influences and favorite movies of all time. And then I thought, well, let's get a female perspective in there, too. And I love Greta Gerwig, obviously did Barbie this year. So let's get Greta Gerwig and Quentin Tarantino and myself, and let's just watch movies for two weeks. That's it. That's my answer. Okay. Okay. Does that uh, help you at all or not? <laughs> God, it's so... I'm like such Could an anti-social. you imagine two weeks with Tarantino, though? I don't know, man. I, See, man. here's the thing, because what I'm also trying to take into, into account is like, well, Tarantino would probably be annoyed as hell that he's trapped yeah. in this place with you for two weeks. Uh, what? I take offense <laughs> to that, sir. What do you mean? <laughs> All right, G, I got it. I didn't totally just steal this from you in that piece that Dan's going to totally cut out of the episode <laughs> in, in editing. Uh, uh, I, I, Eli Manning and Michael Strahan. I'm a big Giants fan. Hey, there yeah. you go. Get him, get him yeah. in there, and 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 we could just talk about football for for weeks on end. I'd love to hear all the stories of, you know, all that, hope, kind of, uh, all that kind of stuff. That'd be cool. I hope Eli at some point during this two week films you being tackled by Strahan though in the snow, <laughs> <laughs> just a spear tackle. Uh, it'll happen uh, day one, and I'll die, and then end <laughs> of be it. end of trip. 
that'll be it. End of trip. All right. Well, there so, you go. That's one big question. Nick, I'm sorry. I stopped you. That was my one big question. What do you got for me, though? So I, I mine's also holdovers adjacent. Not who, hmm. Gerald, but where. You have to be trapped somewhere for two weeks. Hmm. Can't leave. You're there over the holiday break. Hmm. Where do you want to be? This is kind of easy, right? I'm going to go. I mean, I could give a different answer if this is too easy, but I'm going to go Disney World. Disney? Really? Right? I mean, two weeks at Disney? Disney at the holidays, especially? Yes. What are you, nuts? I mean, you know, come on, dude. I mean, the Disney princesses are there, right? Or no? Now listen, now listen. This is this is oh, this is just me. This is how I show my disapproval for you right now. This is glasses. Yeah. Don't glasses. take the glasses off. Audio no. audio audience they missed the whole impact of that, but I had to take the glasses off at him so he Do understands. Not take the glasses off anymore. So he understands. I'm now. sorry. Was, please forgive me. This is serious now. So sorry. I'm so sorry. No, I mean Disney World is the first thing that came to mind. I I mean the place is magic, dude. I mean, you know, you would never get bored. The two weeks would go by like that. I mean, you'd always have something to do. So, you'd you'd, I mean, you'd was, have something to do all right. It'd be called standing in line everywhere because you'd be at Disney at the holidays. <laughs> yes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. I, I, yes. Uh-huh. Well, I'm gonna stick with it. All right, I'm going to stick with it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Disney adult. I'm in, I'm into it. Disney World. You can. Right. Have what about it. you? Where, where would you want to be held up at? I'm going to go completely, completely opposite because I'm a foodie. You know me. I love food. Yeah, yeah. Give me, and I don't even have like a name, name of a place because I feel like I feel. <laughs> don't make me take them off again. I'll do it. Oh, I will do it. Man. Unlimited Happy Meals. Let's do it. <laughs> All the toys. I want every toy in there. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I would pick like I would pick like a like a like a like a smallish Italian town. It's not a huge city, but oh. like someplace that's like moderately sized, like small. Just so I could go to like just all those beautiful like Italian restaurants, like all okay. that fresh, like homemade pasta. Give me give me two weeks if I gotta be stuck somewhere. If I could just yeah. go on a road trip, I'll just take a road trip and eat my way through Europe. I'd be fine with that too. Okay. Check out all the amazing like food. But yeah, but you park me in like some small like Italian town where like it's oh no, I gotta go get fresh homemade pasta again. Hmm. Darn it. Yeah. Yeah, that that uh be that rough checks sledding, out for man. you. Be rough sled. That checks out for you. Uh for me, I would just, you know, do the Olive Garden and then you know, it's the same thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if that would get you the glasses just, off. You again, just want to no. get the glasses off. Now it's gonna just be a <laughs> test for you to see if you can't get the glasses off. All right, guys, that was one big question, and now it is time to get into the review for The Holdovers. Nick, every week we start out our review by giving our score out of 10 up front before we even say one word about the film or our thoughts on the film, and we have not discussed it with each other in what we call the early score reveal, sir. Damn it, this always happens. I think I'm going to score, and then I never score. It's not fair. Nick, before you show the score on camera and, and mention it to the folks listening, you're a huge fan of Alexander Payne. I although am. you were a little although you were a little down, no pun intended, on his last film. Wow. See what I did there? The cheap wordplay is gonna get the glasses off too, all right? So I'm interested to see where you land. And me, I'm just kind of a casual admirer of the guy, and I do love Mr. Paul Giamatti. Have a soft spot for him as an actor. So uh I'm not gonna probably be as intense in my 
dissection of the film as maybe you are, but let's do it, man. Here, I'm going to count you in. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Three, two, one. Out of ten, you're looking at a... Nine out of ten, baby. A seven out of ten for me. A seven out of ten here and a nine from Nick. I'm trying to class which, it up. I went with the playing card uh, today which, and not the... Yeah, that really... I, I struggle with the math already and seeing the playing card come <laughs> that's, up. That's I didn't know off. what to do. Like, I'm thinking about too many things at one time. That's 16, Gerald. Divided by two. So that's an eight. eight. Okay, now you that's got an it. an eight from the piece lock cumulatively. It in. Lock it into your brain. You got it? All right. So seven for me, nine from you. So obviously, uh, Alexander Payne is back in your good graces. This is spoiler-free at the top here for the first few minutes, guys. We will let you know when we get into spoilers for the holdovers. Nick, highly, highly rated from you. What did you love about it, man? Literally everything. Uh, This, I mean, this, again, Alexander Payne's my favorite filmmaker. Uh, My favorite film of all time was directed by Alexander Payne. I love Mm. the man as a filmmaker. The downsizing of it all, you know, I'll forgive him for that because this is a true, true return to form. He is best. You think about films like Nebraska, Sideways, uh, Citizen Ruth, Election, like you could, like any film in his filmography really outside of downsizing is him just taking a few, like, just common slice of life people and mm-hmm. throwing them into different circumstances. And just like, like he has a way of like things, not feeling like they're scripted in a way things, not feeling like they're uh, uh, like, it's a film. Like it's something that something the film is as much as like, it could just be you randomly rocked up to somebody's house in somebody's neighborhood and just turned on a camera for a while. Like he has a way of getting real authentic performances out of characters. Uh, the buzz is real for Paul Giamatti this season. He is phenomenal in this film, unbelievably mm-hmm. good performance and divine joy Randolph as well. Uh, amazing. But I think honestly, gee, I think that I think Dominic Sessa, I think the kid steals it for me. I think that yeah. performance, like, especially like we'll talk about it in spoilers, like what that character goes through, like the journey that that character goes on. And I think that that kid's performance, like the 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 anger and the confusion and the frustration uh, and the way that that character lashes out as a result of it, 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 it's so incredible. And and he knocks it out of out of the park. Sensational performances all around from the the three mains in this cast. It's a huge return to form to me. This film was tailor built for me. Like it's obvious. Like it, it, this film would have had to try really hard for me to hate it. Like downsizing mm-hmm. did downsizing tried really hard to make me hate it. Um, mm. And like, but, but I mean, he's just got a way of just, of, 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 of capturing these such beautiful, authentic characters. Gee, I, I loved it mm-hmm. so, so, so much, man. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think Alexander Payne is one of the greats, especially that's, you know, currently working today. And my favorite movie of his goes kind of far back in his career. It's election. Yeah. All right. With Reese Witherspoon is so probably good. my favorite. Mm. I love that movie. I rewatch it frequently. The Descendants I really like. Yep. But, you know, what? you're right. I mean, what he does is he really just kind of, it's almost like he's just some bystander that's just kind of filming what's happening. And it's like nothing overly dramatic or crazy, you know, explosions or anything that's going to make you stop and gasp. It's just like normal life kind of shit that's happening. And he does it again here. You know, I, I liked it. I like the winter setting. I like that it's kind of a kind of a hidden holiday movie. Like it kind of ends up being a little bit of a Christmas <laughs> movie. It really, is. yeah, it is. Uh, so it places a good holiday watch for sure. So I'm glad we're reviewing it at the time of the year that we are. But I, I don't know. I mean, Paul Giamatti, 
stunner. I mean, he will most likely get nominated for Best Actor this year, and I hope he does. I mean, I don't know if he can win it with you know people like Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer in the race or whatever, but I mean, I think his performance definitely deserves to be recognized, and he'll probably get some wins out there on the circuit this year. For sure. For the holdovers. And uh, it was a it was a marriage that they really made in sideways, and you see that kind of uh, transformed here into this kind of uh, down on his luck professor who is kind of grumpy and just doesn't really have a desire to connect with anyone, any other human. He just kind of is used to being alone and being this prick to the kids and the school or whatever, and and he makes this kind of inadvertent connection with. Dominic Sessa's character, and it's it's really beautiful, man. I mean, I, I got some hints of, like, Dead Poets Society in there a little bit, too. Like, you know, Robin Williams' character kind of connecting with the kids, and I kind of felt some of that coming through there in the, in the influences as well. I wasn't as high on it as you were, but, I mean, I do think it's a really good movie, and I think it's one of the better films this year, and it's one of Paul Giamatti's best performances. I don't think it's his absolute best, but, I mean, it's really, really good. So I agree with you, man. All right, Nicholas, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and peel back the spoiler wall. All right, so we'll go ahead. Anything going forward, guys, if you have not seen The Holdovers, come back after you see it, and you don't want to get spoiled. So we will be talking just full-fledged spoilers going forward. So, Nick, when it comes to kind of Alexander Payne's style, and we kind of already talked about that, it's kind of a slower, kind of methodical, you know, just everyday life kind of, gameplay if you will throughout yeah. these throughout these movies of his for the most part i just want to ask your opinion for me i mean a seven is not a bad score first of all i did really like the movie but for me i just wish that honestly we had gotten more meat and bones in divide joy randolph's character what was her character's name again i'm sorry i gotta pull it up here mary i wish we'd gotten more from mary's character because you mentioned dominic sessa uh, kind of stealing the show for you. And I mean, all three of the main players were, just, I mean, I'm not going to argue. I mean, they're all stunners. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. But I really found myself like at seeing her on camera, Mary, wanting more of her, and she would just disappear for long periods of time. And then when she came back, like at the Christmas Eve party later in the movie, there's a really powerful scene where she's remembering her son who had passed away in Vietnam, right? I believe yeah, it was Vietnam. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just felt like we should have had more time spent with that. And that was like one point off for me because I really loved her character and I, I didn't feel like they spent enough time with her personally. Um, that's just my personal, you know, whatever. And I think that she's probably in the conversation too for supporting actress and deservedly so in this film. She'll probably at least be in the conversation for a nomination for sure. this year. Definitely so. deserved to. Really, all three of them are in the conversation for yeah. their respective respective roles. So, did you do you get what I'm saying there in terms of like her screen time and the the dedication kind of to her story? Yeah, let me let me let me pitch this to you, G. Because one, I had a couple of small quibbles with this film. One of them is that when they go to Boston, they just drop her off at her sister's house and leave her there. Mm -hmm. And we don't really like we get like a couple of brief scenes. Like there's a scene where like she takes I think it's I think she's taking some of her like her son's old baby clothes and like yeah, leaving them there and like gifting them to her sister. 
um, and, and because her sister is pregnant. And I like that. And I, I still wanted that to be part of the movie, but I don't like, like she wholesale disappears from the movie for like, yeah, right. like literally like 20, 25 minutes or whatever. And like, we only check back in with her briefly. I would have liked it if she would have stayed part of that group, because what this film does, like it, at first it, it holds a whole bunch of other kids over and then they all piece out to a ski trip except for Angus. It's Dominic Sessa's character and Paul Giamatti's character and Mary. All mm-hmm. three of them are just stuck there, you know, and it kind of forms this like unwitting little family unit between them. Angus mm-hmm. is really, really rebellious because he's very, very hurt and upset that he's been left behind and that like they, nobody's going to come and get him. They're just leaving him home and and everything and paul is is really really upset because like he's got to be stuck here and it's clear it, it's very very clear that there's a there's a there's a bitterness and an anger behind paul giamatti's character uh whatever sure. it is whatever whatever thing in his life that's happened to him where he he has he has given up on he's given up on people pretty much like he has straight up given up on people like wholesale he has no faith in, in in humanity. He has no faith in really anybody or anything, really. Right. And that's why he's so bitter and grumpy and, and and angry and things like that. And then you have, of course, Mary, who, you know, her her son recently passed away in in Vietnam. And, like, once you finally get them three together, like, those are the strongest parts of the film is just the, the, the little family things. Oh, the little yeah. bits of bonding that those characters do together and and when they take her out of the movie when they kind of remove her from the movie because i mean obviously angus like there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens when they go to boston and things like that that we have to you know look into but i don't know like that's one of the that's one of the I things can't. about the movie that really i was like why did you why why take her out you know of it? they talk about they talk about a lot i mean he goes to visit his father which is what you're talking about yep. who's in like a mental a mental institution and we obviously get a lot of time spent with Paul um, Giamatti, but his character's name is Paul as well, in the movie. And his kind of we we hear them talk about his past and why he got you know in trouble when he was Angus's age, and you know they mention different stuff. So we get a lot of time, I feel like, or a lot of uh, exposition and dialogue dedicated to those two characters' kind of backstories. But I just felt like that was kind of missing from Mary's part. And I felt like, at least me personally, like her story was the most kind of like heartbreaking to me. I don't know. I just oh, was for sure. really, I mean, well, I was just really kind of invested in her story. And I just didn't get any time with her and enough time with her in the movie. I'll, I'll, and that's I'll, all I was really saying. I, I give I give an even split because, I mean, what happens to Angus is, is just as bad. Mm-hmm. I mean like that's true i I, like i mean just just to think about like about that family family dynamic and it's it's why i love his performance so much because like he like he tells the audience like the audience is told he's dead like the audience is told and and like we hear a phone conversation about like missing his father and then you know he just he tells paul giamatti's character at one point that his father's dead so we as the audience assume his father's dead but then like when they rock up at that mental hospital, like that was like the big oh crap moment for me. It was like, holy cow, his dad's alive, you know? Right. And like, 
his dad has basically been locked away in an institution by his mother who has now then run off with somebody else and like married them and then like like that i i love that performance so much from dominic sessa because like i mean picture being a kid in that scenario you know Mm. like you've 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 basically like your father's been like your father has struggled is is like have mental issues and things like that so he's basically been locked away uh in a in a, in a home and you've been basically left to rot at this academy like your family like you're supposed to be home for the holidays you're supposed to be together for the holidays and your family's left you and abandoned you there all that pain like all that confusion all that frustration and all that anger like is there in that performance and i sure. mean that's 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 gutting man i mean it, that doesn't I undermine agree. what mary's going through like mary's going through the grief of like burying her child you know right which which is also just absolutely terrible like both of those characters i mean we don't get any backstory on any any specific things that happen to paul's character no but you know i i think we can definitely surmise just like from a di- few different interactions that he has in the film that he hasn't had he hasn't had the great of us going of it either but i mean man the, this is what i love about alexander payne movies though and about performances in alexander payne movies because god he can he presents broken people in in in, in such a real and authentic way that it's it's it, it immediately will connect you and, and i think that's the, the great films really truly great films and great characters connect you to some thing in your life and some part of your life where like you've experienced emotions like that and you can connect into and 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 draw a parallel from that and i mean like i said i mean the 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 pain and and the heartache and the anguish in in divine joy randolph's performance the anger and the confusion in in dominic sessa's performance i mean it's just it's 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 magnetic like it's 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 so 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 good so there's a point in the movie that um, it, it kind of like breaks from what it had been where Dominic Sessa is kind of running through the halls and he goes in the gym, even though he's forbidden to do so. And he ends up like breaking his arm and, you know, just he just dislocates acting, his shoulder, dislocates his shoulder. He's like just acting silly or whatever. And he ends up dislocating his shoulder. So Paul takes him to the local hospital to get it looked at. And the whole time, Paul's like, you know, you're going to get me fired. Like. You know, I was supposed to be looking after you, like, you know, this, this and that. And they're kind of arguing about whose fault it was or whatever. And there's a point when Angus is like, you know, kind of lies to the nurse and uh, fabricates that Paul's his dad and, you know, whatever, whatever. So they don't have to fill out the paperwork. So the parents never find out about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they do that. And that's kind of the point in the movie where their bond starts to build from that point going forward. And I just, I mean, again, I like this movie. Okay. But I'm just telling you, I don't know that, that I felt like it was kind of abrupt because Paul was a very standoffish, almost, I almost felt like he kind of hated the kid, honestly, prior to that scene or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're kind of bonding and they connect. And, you know, some of the things that happened along the way, I thought were very, you know, beautiful. And I thought they were cool. Uh, you know, like them uh, little things, you know, like when they go for the burger and the beer 
in the restaurant. Yep. But Paul still says, well, you can't have the beer, you know, so he still kind of plays the father figure. He doesn't give in to, to some things, but yep. I don't know. How did you feel about the kind of pacing of the movie, I guess is what I'm saying, from them being kind of enemies to like all of a sudden it's almost like a father-son bonding kind of thing? I mean, I think Paul's character, like we already talked about it a little bit, right? Like this is clearly a character that's bitter that has given up on humanity, has given up on other people, has given up on forming any kind of a meaningful connection with with other people because and and here's why i think like there's the interaction that he has in the in the movie like a couple different times with uh miss crane the other one of the other teachers at the school who's a waitress at the bar when they go to the bar and 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 they do all that kind of different things like that and i think you you see that sequence there where like he he it, it feels like they're making like a little bit of a connection she's so genuine and so kind yeah and so nice to him and and he actually you can see in in like those moments you can see him just just a little bit taking the, the hope, walls down the hope the hope right. yeah you could see him just a little bit taking yeah. the walls down just a little bit and then finds yeah. out that she you know has a husband or boyfriend or, or whatever else you know by which, the way one of the most devastating scenes from giamatti in this whole movie is the it's, look it's that he gives so on the couch good. it's so good but but gee take that take that take take that feeling like that's like this this is a character that is screaming for 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 just for just one for just one thread of for somebody of to kind of reach out humanity to right. of connectivity to somebody and in in comes angus who is this kid who is again angry hurt confused alone at christmas and everything and i think they find in each other kindred spirits who are kind of doing their best to survive a world that yeah. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they feel like has forgotten them and kind of left them behind. Like, that's why, like, that scene in and of itself, when, like, she doesn't even reject him. Like, she's just very kind, very polite to him. And, like, you can sense a little bit of attention and a chemistry there and everything like that. And then he just, he it, it's this sliver of hope. I think this character has been screaming probably for 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 years, decades even for some kind of a connection and then in in here comes this kid who you know with, with how big of a bastard paul is to not just him but all of the students like really overly difficult on them and really overly critical of them and and everything like that i really really think that he's just been dying for some kind of of a of, of, a, of a connection to another human being in some way where it's like I said, I just, I, I, I just, I just really, really, I think he's, I think that character's begging for it. So I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too abrupt. I think it's just when, when Angus first lies there in the, in the, in the, in the doctor's office or whatever. And, you know, we have the scene, like you mentioned the scene at the bar, like we have that scene where he's like, you know, trying to get he puts his dime on the pinball machine because he wants the next game on the pinball machine and then he ends up yeah he ends up making the dudes mad and like well i think one or both of them are, are vietnam veterans as well and so you you have that sequence there where then he stands up for him these are two characters and, and here's what i really really feel is i feel like these two these are two characters who have never had anybody there for them or, or maybe right maybe have been forgotten or left behind or like 
you know, just left left uh, alone for so long. They yeah. just they 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 were they've been they've been screaming for this connection, and I think it's it's the way that they find it and the way that they kind of slowly thread it together. I think I think I think it's beautiful. I I, I really really yeah. think it was it was really 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 great. I get that. I you know it's it's a tragedy in a lot of ways too, especially if you're looking at it through Paul's point of view. Because is it though? I, I, in my mind, if I'm looking at it through his perspective, because well, let me explain why I, I would say that. Yeah. And this is off the top of my head, but the reason I would think that as we're sitting here is because kind of like what you're saying, he's he's been alone. He is alone. He's a loner. You know, and for all intents and purposes, it seems like he doesn't really necessarily mind that. Like he just kind of is pushing people away with, especially like the students and stuff with his language and the way he treats them and just kind of dismissive of today's society. And he's just kind of that, you know, old man on the yard shaking his fist to cloud. Right. Yeah. Very Uh, much so. In the first half of the movie, at least. And, and then we, you know, all the things that transpire in the film, you know, you feel bad for him. At least I was devastated by Paul Giamatti in that one scene at the Christmas party when he realizes that, uh, what's her name? Uh, Miss Crane. Miss Crane. When he realizes Miss Crane is actually with someone, whether that's her husband or whatever, I don't know. And they, you know, they kind of kiss and they're kind of affectionate to each other. And he just turns around. It was absolutely devastating because we've all been there where we have a crush on somebody and we find out, oh, well, they're already yep. with somebody. Yep. And it, you just know how he feels. He's just so devastated. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't cry. It's just like it's just this kind of subtle realization as he's sitting there in her house at this party. But, you know, and then he, he does have a bond with Angus, though. And you feel a bit of a, almost like a father-son kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And we get to the end of the movie. And ultimately, you know, he has to give up his career in order for hopefully a better future for Angus. Right. But at the same time, he kind of loses that connection that he has with this boy because he's not going to be there at the school anymore. I mean, we don't know. I mean, you know, it's a movie. I mean, who knows, but I mean, it's presumed that they, they lose contact and they have that last kind of goodbye and that's it, you know, kind of like, thanks man, like for everything. And that's kind of it. So I say from Paul's perspective as a tragedy, because He's where he always has been, despite the um, beautiful connections that he's had with certain people throughout this movie. I'm going to disagree with you, and here's why. Okay. Because, first of all, I, I disagree with the assessment that the character likes to be alone. I think that he is alone as a defense mechanism. I think because things like what happened to him at the Christmas party are probably things that have happened to him so much in his life that he's just formed this defense mechanism. It's easier to keep people away from him than it is to let people in. So he sure. prefers to be alone because it's easier than getting hurt. So yeah. I, I, I really feel like that I that's agree with that part of the character's DNA. And I, I think that the character, I don't think it's a tragedy because the character has never, ever grown at all in his life. We know that he went to Harvard, Right. We yeah. know that the character went to Harvard, but then after he went to Harvard, like he went to Barton, it, it, that was his high school. After he left Barton, he went to Harvard, never finished at Harvard, never actually finished, went back to Barton. They gave him a job as like an adjunct professor, like not even as a professor or whatever. 
and he's been there ever since. He's never done anything in his whole entire right. life. And that's why I, I don't see it as a tragedy because here's this character who has lived inside of this cocoon, this shell for so long. And then this connection with Dominic and yes, like I would love like in my head canon for them to s- somehow stay in touch. Um, like after the movie ends, I don't think they would realistically, but I like that headcanon of at least trying to, you know, pretend that they would, but like, yeah, I really, really think it's like, it's like, um, Matt Damon and Robin Williams characters in Goodwill, Goodwill Hunting. Hunting. It's like, you know, like, he, yeah, he's got his number, but will those two characters probably ever talk again? No, probably not. And I'm fine with that. But like, I, I think that because, <sighs> Angus is able to re-spark some kind of humanity within Paul to the point that at beginning of the movie, Paul never, ever would have ever sacrificed himself for a student ever, never, ever would have made that choice right. to, to take the bullet for the kid uh, and, 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 and be the one that, that ends up, you know, getting fired for it beginning of the movie the fact that he grows to that point over the course of the movie and now he goes he actually has to for the first time ever go out into the world okay so you see that as a positive like such a good thing for that character that's what's made him so repressed and crotchety and lonely like all these defense mechanisms because he chose to go back to this place where he was probably the only place he ever felt safe in his life yeah. And, and maybe not. And I mean, that's just making a lot of assumptions and things like that. But like, that's I, I feel like it, it finally is forcing this character to come. He, he has no choice now but to leave his shell. He has no choice but to get out of that shell. And for like for the growth that he goes through in this movie, it shows that he still has humanity. It shows that yeah. he still has the ability to to love someone and, and form that connection. I think that's beautiful, and and, and I love I that for that character. That's why this. All that's right. probably why I gave it a much higher score because I I love that ending for that character. Yeah, I, you know, I need to reflect on it. I do really respect everything that you just said, and I can see that perspective. I guess as I was watching it, which is kind of what I'm commentating on now in my thoughts. As I was watching it, it was a bit of a downer for me because I was like, well, he's alone, going out into the unknown, and like. I don't know. I just I, it was just a sad ending for me as I'm as I'm watching it. But now hearing your perspective and like if I want to reflect on different, you know, possibilities for that character, I kind of get what you're saying. But in real time as I was watching it, it was kind of a bummer because I really grew to love and appreciate the relationship that he had with Angus. Yeah. And I was kind of even thinking like before I saw the ending or before I, you know, the, the parents came to the school for the meeting or whatever, but like before that happened, I was even kind of thinking like, okay, this is going to play out at Barton where Angus kind of forces him to, you know, grow as a person and kind of realize that these kids are not as bad as he thinks they are. And, you know, I'm not saying necessarily he's going to have a bunch of friendships with all the students or whatever, but he's going to be a little more like understanding and compassionate and, you know, kind of carry on his career, but as a different, uh, you know, more, more charismatic kind of compassionate teacher. And then when that happened, I was like, Oh shit, well, I don't know what this guy's going to (laughs) do. You know, like I felt bad for him. Like I felt again, I I get what you're saying. And honestly, I kind of hope that's right. Um, because at the time I was just kind of like, man, this is a bummer. I really like this Paul dude. He's a good guy. He's just kind of been in this cage his whole life, you know, and 
So anyway, that's kind of where I'm not saying that I'm wrong or you're wrong or anything like that. I just, as I was watching, that was kind of my perception of what was happening. And it was kind of a bummer for me at the end there, Hmm. which I mean, didn't hurt the movie for me overall. I just would have loved more of a kind of definitive, like this guy's going to be okay. You know, which I guess is not really Alexander Payne's style. So I get that too, but uh, he likes to leave it a little, little more open for interpretation there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 Paul's story. So I mean Paul's the one that gets I think the most satisfying ending. Uh, Mary, I mean I, I think Mary is 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 still too lost in 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 her grief. I mean as as she would be, you know. I mean yeah. she at least has joy and like her sister's pregnant and her sister's going to have a baby and the baby's going to have the same middle name as her son. Like, right, right. I, I really, really like that she's still going to have, like, the family connections and different things like that. But I, like, I really would have liked to see, like, and I mean, granted, like, I, I, I think it's too short of a time frame to really maybe focus on the idea of, like, she's never, she's not going to get over that grief or anything like that. But I, I'd at least like to, like, have seen her, like, you know, I, I think, well, okay, I guess maybe the most growth that that character gets is, like, the janitor kisses her on the cheek at new year's that's probably like that's probably like a pretty good amount of growth for that character yeah and what this movie does that's brilliant is that it it's oh i mean i don't know i'll ask you if you agree with me on this statement i'm trying to think of how to phrase it but the movie is a 10 out of 10 at its best when the three of them are together for sure when the three of them are sharing for sure the camera together and most of the time that's at like the dinner table because it's like that, kind of that like, great little family that they form together like yeah. how great is that like he goes and he gets and this random he gets he's got these random books what was the book i can't remember what the book was now oh yeah and he had like a whole box he had like a whole of box of it yeah like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. basically he gives a he gives her a gift wraps it for him yeah. and gives it like <clears> i love that whole little christmas thing and then like <clears> you know like their their dinners like you know i started to evolve into like be like this more thing and then they're right. like in they're back at mary's place watching the watching the newlywed game and like right. all that like i it's so good like i love yeah, that the that, interplay that, between those, those three were the best was great. yeah those were the best uh moments in the yeah. movie for yeah, me i would, and I I would just agree felt like i just felt like at certain points it turned more into like paul and angus and then we're i'm like where's mary <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like it, it was still good but like yeah i, I just really like the dynamic between the three of them um i wonder if I'll that's just, us putting too much expectation on a supporting character versus like and i guess that's the real that's the real question is was was mary a, a just a supporting character who yeah. had a little bit of development and had a little bit of of, of rounded edges to the character uh, or you know like could you could you make an argument that mary's more of a main than not you know, I, I, think, I guess that's I, really the argument. I think she's definitely a supporting character, at least the way it played out. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I mean, they're an ensemble, though, to me, you know, for I mean, sure. Even True. some, even even some of the side, you know, characters that show up here and there are really good in this movie. Like, I thought the young kids were really good. The little Asian boy and the the other kid that were like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old or whatever. I thought they did a great job in the movie, too. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think it's a great ensemble. I think, you know, Paul Giamatti obviously is the lead and he's taking the lead and uh, yeah. doing great, great things here. I would not be surprised at all. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if all three of them get nominated, if the movie gets nominated and if Payne gets director as well, I would not be surprised at all because I feel like this is the type of movie 
you know, and I mean, Sideways was a film that had all of the, a lot of similar pedigree to this film in terms of like pacing and kind of the development of the lead character. And uh, I, I just see it, man. I see it. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think it would be deserved because I think everybody in this movie, including Alexander Payne, really cranked it up and, and did the best thing they could do here, man. Yeah, I'm, see, I, 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 I would. I, the film will get a token nomination, but it'll never have a chance at winning. I nah. don't think Payne will get nominated as much as I love him and I, I love the direction it's of this film. It's one of those like it's yeah. it, like I feel like I feel like he won't get nominated, but I do think there's a strong chance that the cast because this is really this is really the kind of movie where it's like it's all about the cast. It's all about their performances yeah. and what they bring to the material and all that kind of stuff. I th- I yeah. think the character that I feel worse for, like the the worst at the at the end of this movie is is Angus. Because Angus yeah. is still enrolled at Barton and he's made this connection now with this person like you know and and he's kind of seen that like not everybody is going to abandon him and i really think that that's something that that character really really needed that he's going to have people that are going to be there for him but ultimately he also still has just the world's crappiest mother and stepfather ever you know and i i still feel for that kid just being still in that situation at the end of the at the end of the day me too i think about that and i actually thought about that too at the end of the movie as the credits were rolling actually and i i, I saw it in the theater and i know you did too yep and i was kind of sitting there as the credits were rolling and i kind of thought about that like putting myself back in the mind of like a 17 year old you know yep. and trying to think of like how easy it was i mean i use the term easy but easier than it is now to kind of shake things off, you know, and kind of move on with your life. And I kind of thought about it from that perspective too, where I feel like it would have been kind of ironically a little bit harder on Paul's character because of his age and his life experiences and the lack of those connections at his age. Whereas Dominic Sess has got his whole life in front of him, you know, kind of at least thinking about it from that mentality. But I did think about that though. I thought about like, how are these two characters going to be affected by this break in uh, bonding that they, that they had throughout the movie? Um, and I just don't know. Again, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it's one of the things that did somewhat bring it down for me a little bit. It was just not knowing kind of frustrated me. Like I want these guys to be okay, you know? And, and that kind of left me kind of uh, unfulfilled at the end a little bit. I think without this experience, I think Angus turns into Paul. I think Angus becomes mm. as bitter and disillusioned with life as Paul has allowed himself to become. And I think without this, I think without this experience, like that's the kind of the path that he would have headed down or worse, like he would have ended up in, you know, the military. And that was like, that was like the early seventies. So Vietnam was still raging. So he definitely yeah. would have ended up going over to Vietnam, probably getting yeah. killed and things like that. And and like, or, or, you know, because he was such a troublemaker and like he kept acting out, he would have ended up in jail or something like that. You right. know? So I think, I think that, yeah, I think, I think that he, maybe not in, in terms of place, but in terms of like mindset, like his mental, like kind of mindset, uh, I think that that's where this character ends up is, All right. uh, is, uh, is, is as Paul at the end of it, you know? Well, there you go. Uh, in summary, before uh, wrap up real quick, I think Divine Joy Randolph was my favorite part. I just wish there had been more of her. Yeah. Um, her character was definitely supporting, and I just wish she would have been more of a central focus in the movie like the other two characters were, I felt like. 
But all three main players absolutely knocked it out of the park. Uh, the 1970s aesthetic, I'm a sucker for. Alexander Payne nailed it. It was, yep. um, you know, very like muted colors and it was very cold. And, and of course it was cold too because it was winter. But I mean, like the feeling was very cold. And But then you had those brief moments of like levity and brightness with the Christmas stuff and the party. And then Paul goes out to get a tree with like literally no ornaments on it at the <laughs> end. <laughs> Which I thought was so cute that he was oh, trying man. to make that make that memory for Angus too, which was really cool. Yep. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, all in all, it's, it's a great film, and I think it's uh, a film that should be in your rotation at the holidays, which is interesting. It's it plays as a really cool, it really does. like Thanksgiving slash holiday Christmas movie, you know. So for me, it's a seven, and from you, it's a nine. So any final thoughts on the holdovers, buddy? I mean, it's just it's it's the kind of movie that like. It, Movies like this are my favorite types of movie where like you connect with these characters, you connect with these who hasn't felt bitterness in one way or another toward life and toward like things that have happened to them in life. Who else hasn't felt scared and confused and alone at some different point in their life? Who else hasn't felt rejected? Who else hasn't felt like different kinds of grief. And like, that's, I think the great thing is like, I, I obviously have never experienced the kind of grief that Mary has, but like, that's the kind of different thing is like, there's different things to connect to each of these characters in the film. It's like, this is, like I said, this is my favorite type of movie. It's going to have to always try really, really hard to get a bad score from me. So I just, I just, this one, just a, an absolute home run, knocked it right out of the park. Absolutely. Loved so one it. of your, one of your uh, favorites of the year, probably. Yeah. Easily. All right. Nine from Nick, a seven for me, which puts it at an eight overall from the piece, which is very high rated from some of the movies we've been doing lately. Because Nick's been bringing down the scores of all the ones I love. So all those, all those horror <laughs> movies, maybe bringing down that average. I've only seen, oh, I've man. only seen one slasher ever. You know that. Yeah, I know. I mean, what what do we expect? It was your yeah. first one ever. It was your second one. Your second one. You said. <laughs> all right. I that's our discussion on the holdovers, guys. Nick, we wrap up every episode. We head over to the comments section. And see what the fans had to say. Now, we throw them a question out there because we're covering the movie that we're covering. And we see what questions they wanted to ask us, buddy. So, we got a few this week in relation to the holdovers. Nick, you want to grab one out, man? Or you want me to pick one out here? Let's see. I'm going to take Nerdrovert Jason asked. Uh, he said, here as, here as Paul, in, in this movie as Paul, or as Miles in Sideways, uh, which is the better Giamatti performance? Oh, And... I'm going to still, I mean, Sideways is like top 10, top 20 all time for me. I adore Sideways too. I think that that character's, the self-loathing that that character has at, like, he clearly had a good life and then had an affair and kind of ruined that. And and and, and it has subsequently made him just so bitter and, and repressed and, and so full of self-loathing. And and then he sees like the 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 cartoonish buffoonery that is Jack when he when he spends time with Jack when they go out uh you know to wine country for the for the for the bachelor party I mean it's it's got to still be Miles for me uh, only because I mean but, but I mean we just talked about different ways that you can connect with Paul in this movie so I mean this yeah. this is a performance I still absolutely love I still connect with that character too but with Miles like I think he, like. I especially can connect to a lot of different times in my life when I have, when I have screwed something up and like, you know, or like maybe something sure. hasn't gone the way I wanted it to or whatever. 
and and subsequently it, it like that 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 shapes a part of who you are and again that's another reason why i just love pain's films uh as as much as i do so yeah still still miles and sideways for me but to be fair i've also seen sideways probably like a hundred times compared to the one time i've seen this so let me watch this if you ever if every christmas i'll watch this because it's it's uh, got to add it to the holiday movie rotation like gerald said so we'll, we'll see uh we got an interesting question, you know, a patron of the show, Christiani, who did not recommend angels with dirty faces. Thank God. But, you know, he asked something that's kind of interesting that I want to pick your brain about too. But he says, is it the Mandela effect making me think that I've seen this movie based on the plot synopsis? So I kind of get what he's saying there though. Do you understand that? Cause I mentioned dead poet society at the top. Yeah. But I feel like these kind of like, I mean, the era for sure, but not necessarily even the era, just these movies where teachers are like making an impact in a young person's life, right? I mean, that's a story that's been told a hundred times. I mean, hell, you could even say Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer, which I think was in the 90s or early 2000s. I mean, right? I mean, you you hear it and you go, wow, how is this going to be different? But then you look at a movie like The Holdovers – and it is different because of the performances, right? This is – boiling it down to a plot synopsis does this movie a disservice because this movie is not about its plot. That's it's what I mean, yeah. It's about the journey that these characters go on when they're in this setting, when they're doing this thing. If all you do is look at the plot of this movie and say, oh, I've seen this movie before. I've seen, I've seen a movie where a teacher, like, you know, like – is reinvigorated by working with a student and vice versa. Like I mentioned Goodwill sure. hunting. There's even a little bit of that right. in, 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 in here, like the, going by the plot synopsis is an absolute disservice to this movie. This movie's all about you as an audience member sitting down either in a theater or sitting down at home uh, or whatever. Michelle, please see this movie. I meant, I saw Michelle Dodo mention that yeah, she, had she didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah. Um, like it's all about the connection that you can form with these characters and the connections that they form with each other and the journeys that they go on. Like that's what this kind of movie is built for. Not for, not for the plot synopsis. Before we leave here, do you want to touch on your thoughts on the movie came out on November 10th? I looked it up while we were talking earlier and it went also just streaming look, like, right. It, it's been behind oh, yeah, my head the right whole time, Gerald. It's been right here, <laughs> right behind your head there. I didn't have to Google it. And then it went on streaming on November 28th. So there was only 18 days of a wide release prior to streaming. Uh, what? I don't know. I scratch my head at that. If you're going to do, if you're going to do the day and date thing, then do that like five nights at Freddy's did right. Which made millions of dollars and what people still went out for it and whatever. It's highest grossing horror movie of the year. Wasn't it? I know it was. Yeah. yeah. But why are you doing a, cause it's a holiday movie too. So I don't know. I, I'm why just do it kind earlier? of like baffled. Yeah. Why I'm, not do I'm a baffled. little bit later release window and why not, why not leave it with a little bit longer of a theatrical run? I think it's I th- it, it, it uh, probably more the, of a studio indictment than anything else because studio probably sees like I mean it's this kind of movie is never going to light the box office on fire like it's not going to have a big yeah. wide release with five six thousand screens or whatever it's going to have a limited release it's going to play in limited markets for a lot you know it's a festival film it's an award season film like it's you know not yeah. something that maybe the general audience is necessarily going to roll out to a theater to see so it's that kind of mentality from maybe a studio perspective where they get skittish and they're like oh well we better jam it onto streaming as soon as possible because it's just not 
lighting the box office on fire, making us yeah. as much money as we'd want. I mean, what could the budget have been for this movie? Six dollars? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a lot. It's 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 not a high budget <laughs> movie. I mean, the budget's going right. to be all in the actor's salary, probably. But Paul Giamatti probably made more than the rest of the movie was like budgeted for. <laughs> right, sure. You know, and I'm sure, like, I'm sure right. this movie probably had like a really small, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just a strange. I, I don't know because I, I sent you a DM. It is when so I found weird. Out, yeah, you're right. Because I had bought my ticket to it, and then I, I sent you that DM, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'll just watch it on streaming." I mean, it's like two days after my theater. Uh, I ended up going to the theater, but yeah, it's really. I, I just thought it was a weird. Uh, it was a weird time. Such a strange I like. thing. I and I, like I said, I, th- I think that it's. And maybe like, you know, I'm not a studio numbers guy. I don't pay attention to these sorts of things enough. You know, maybe it's one of those kinds of things where a movie like this, because it's never going to light the box office on fire, maybe it's better to make it widely available on streaming platforms, like pretty readily easy because it's another way for the studio to, to, to make some more money. You know, like maybe that's the smart business decision with a movie like this, where it's going to have a relatively limited budget. Probably, I don't know how it did, but like probably going to recoup a good portion of that through, you know, box office and whatever. But all right, I'm going to pull up the rest of the year here, Nick, real quick as we're exiting. By the way, guys, the golden peas are coming up. I've been spending literally every minute of free time I have. I did my best of the year video edit. I got that out of the way. And I've been coming up with a preliminary ballot, so a lot of people will be getting that, and they will be coming up with what will ultimately be the nominees for the best of 2023. So look out for that in the next like week or so, and then the main ballot will come out uh, by the end of the year or the early part of January, so you can cast your vote for the best of 2023 in the Golden Peas. Brian Loisos is coming back into the into the fold here, Nick. Get that kind of podcasting. We're going to get him in here for a little bit, and I'm going to have you doing some shit, whether you like it or not. The rest of this year, guys, I said it earlier, next week, Nick is going to talk to me about one of the craziest fucking films I've, I've seen definitely this year, but maybe even ever, Saltburn by Emerald Fennell. Nick, do me a favor before we go into that review next week. Try not to watch or listen to any reviews or anything on it. I have, just, I've, I've seen literally nothing about it anyway. So okay. I, I, I just know, go I know into only this movie. what like the very basic plot synopsis is, and I kind okay. of forgot most of it anyway. Uh, please just go into that as blind as possible, and and then let's talk about it. It's I'm football just season, Gerald. My entire newsfeed is all football think? stuff right now. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see, I don't see anything <laughs> else uh, in, in my news feeds or anything like that. So after we do Emerald Fennell Saltburn next week, we're looking forward to doing, hopefully we're going to cover Waka this year, and then we're going to end the year by covering uh, Rebel Moon from your boy, Zack Snyder, which will be which, dropping on. Kudos to Netflix, because I've been watching football all day, and I've been wa- I've seen that trailer on football games all day. Netflix is marketing the heck out of that movie. Like, I mean, nice. they must have spent a, a mint on it. So, like, they want it to be pretty successful. But, sure. I sure. mean, yeah, like, it's like Netflix it is marketing the crap out of it. I've seen it, like, th- I've seen it everywhere. Like, literally everywhere. Let's get together next week, Nick, and let's talk about Saltburn. Um, I'm going to record my portion. I'm going to be in a bathtub. In a bath. Okay. When it's I cold, do. Cold, cold uh, bath, ice bath. I, you'd pour some ice, know, ice in there. You'll know what I mean when you watch the movie. All I'm right. going to be on camera. On our video call next week, naked in a bathtub, oh, which good. is not safe because this is all. I assume you're shit. naked from the waist down whenever we record, anyway. So <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that next week. 
Until then, Nick, I love you, man. Thanks for uh, discussing the holdovers with me, and have a uh, have a good week, brother. We'll get back together next week. Yeah, love you, man. Peace out, everybody. Thank you so much for listening.